Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. The Bengals and the Bills are the two best teams in the AFC, and they face off Sunday night football. Who should be the favorite? Oh, without a doubt, it's Cincinnati. I think the Bengals, they're back. I mean, the Bengals kind of own the Bills. I feel like it's a bad matchup for the Bills. I think that the Bengals probably win this one fairly easily. Mike Danger. I give them a chance against Cincinnati, and I think they could beat Cincinnati. Gene Bataglia. This is the team, for whatever reason, we can't get past here. The Lynn Paul Joseph. Break down the matchup tonight. Titans and Steelers. He struck him out looking. It's over. It's over. The Rangers have won the World Series. The World Series champions. That's what's in. Texas also set a new record going 11-0 on the road in the postseason. Corey Seager, your MVP. And now, there are five current teams without a world title. Brandon Byro, welcome back. Two goals on the night. Syracuse coming away with a 7-2 win over the Amherst. Well, there was only one Bobby Knight. He should be remembered for the great coaching he did. One of the greatest ever of all time. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. You know, I, I kind of had that similar thought that, that McLovin had just there, that uh, Andrew Perloff had just there for Maggie and Perloff here mornings on The Fan. Welcome Welcome into the sports bar. It's Danger and Bataglia. The day after Bobby Knight, we find out that Bobby Knight passes away. And all I could think to myself is, you know, the guy will go down and will forever be known as one of the best college basketball coaches of all time. But I don't know that we spend as much time talking about that as we do talking about the persona and the antics and everything that went into making Bobby Knight who it is. And to me, that's a shame. It's a shame that that is what I remember him as and for more than the wins and the championships and the men that he helped mold and, and shape. He to- got fired by Indiana. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. So like that, that's part of the legacy. It's complicated. It really is. And I think uh, maybe he, you know, he mellowed out at the end though, when he became a commentator and just kind of slowed down a little bit. So, yeah, I just, uh, man, it, it's, it, it, it's one of those things that kind of feels like part of your childhood is gone, right? Like I just remember being a kid and recognizing him as a great college basketball coach, but more than anything, hearing about the antics more than the wins, more than the development of young men in in the in the sport and, and you know guys that have gone on to great success in their life, I'm sure, because they were touched at some point by the coaching of Bobby Knight. And I want to remember him for for being a great coach, but I remember him for being kind of an a hole. Yeah, I hate that, but yeah. I think that's the, the 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 sad truth about the Bobby Knight legacy. Yeah, if, if he said today what he said offhand to Connie Chung, that's it. You're done. You're never getting another no, opportunity. Yeah, so there's too many things yeah, to list. Too many. He, he punched. He punched a cop. 
down in Puerto Rico. Like choking a, a player is probably not going to fly. He he brought out a player to the podium, one of his athletes who was black in like a horse collar and was whipping him. The bullwhip. Yeah. All of the things that we're talking about now. Again, this this is why I, I want to remember him as this great coach, but all I remember is this guy's antics were so out of control that really, unfortunately for me, his legacy is more about his antics than it is about his wins. So bring this closer to home. How are we going to look back at Jim Beheim someday? I don't mean to like, you know, to the, anybody who's offended by that. I mean, are we going, and they're going to honor him February 24th. They're going to have him out there. Are we going to be appreciative or are we going, are we just too close to it where you recognize that at the end? It I wasn't- think that, that any warts on Bayheim's resume didn't get the kind of attention that Bobby Knight got because Bobby Knight was one of a kind. In in the age of Bayheim, when you had any scandals that you had, whether you're talking about Bernie Fine or you're talking about the, you know uh, Fat Mello or any of those, like they kind of got swept under the rug because there were a lot of those kind of scandals happening in the world of college athletics everywhere you looked in every direction. So it's just like oh, it's just another, it's just another scandal. It's just another vacating of wins. It, you know, like that, yeah. that feels like that happens often. But when Bobby Knight was doing what he was doing. I mean, that was, it was a national story because it was so over the top and so egregious. Now, if you look back at it, it's like, whew. So how will we look at Bayheim? I think we'll all remember, just like we want to remember Bobby Knight for the for the championships and the final four appearances. And I think that that will be a part of the Bayheim legacy. You can't take away 2004, right? You can't yeah. take away the title. You can't take away all of those final four appearances. And some of those final four appearances where you were watching a team that had no business being in the final four, but you could just tell Bayheim was coaching his ass off. I think that maybe it's going to be the same mark because... When Bobby Knight left Indiana and they made the Final Four one year in the 2000s, but they're not a national program anymore. They were they were the program right up there with uh, with your North Carolina and anybody else, your UCLA back when in the 70s and the 80s. Remember Keith Smart, um, and now they're just another team in the Big Ten. I'm sorry, they are. Yeah. Um, so is that where Syracuse is going to be someday? I, I mean, this is isn't a, that where yeah. they are right now. Mm, that's where they're headed. That's I mean, where, that's where it's trending. Yeah. It's been trending in that direction for a while. When was the last Final Four? It wasn't 16, that long ago. 16, I want to say. Okay, so yeah. you're talking seven years ago, and yeah. really since then, nothing really of note that that is would look that impressive. But even their resume. last two runs danger, like you mentioned, that were like the, oops, we are a 10 seed. Look at us. We're here. And they got clobbered by North Carolina. Forgive me for not knowing which year that was off right. the top of my head. No, I get it. But yeah. I I, uh, I think with with Bayheim, it'll be similar, but not as I don't think I think we'll remember the I will remember the talking down to the student reporters and I will remember the scandals and I will remember that the, the manslaughter, you know, the, the accident and, and then him coaching that weekend with with Duke coming into the dome. And yeah, I, it, it, there was no charges with anything. I, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yes, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm so, saying. No, you remember yeah. the incident yeah. that I'm talking about. So I, I think that, that it, and, and again, like I'll remember that they're, they're like, what happened? What was the ramification from that incident? 
was there anything? There really wasn't. He was coaching just a couple days later. Like, oh. wow, pretty amazing. So I uh, th- that will be a lot of what I remember, but I will also remember like some really amazing runs where you can't deny that dude was coaching his ass off. And Bobby Knight will will always have those scars, like all of the things that we were just talking about, but then nobody wants to talk about I mean, I'm sure you could line up his former players and to a man, most of them, the majority of them would say, yeah, he was tough. Yeah, he was an a-hole. And you know what? I'm better because I learned from Bobby Knight. That style of coaching is dead. It is. And he might have been the best at it. You know, just the hard nose. I don't care. I'm not your friend. By the way, I'm good. 2016 was last year. The Orange made the Final Four, which you think, oh, that was just yesterday. No. A while ago. <laughs> no. I, th- I think if it's like seven years ago, we can kind of question things. Yeah. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you, and we appreciate you stopping by the sports parts. Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader at 95.7 FM and AM 950. We sound our best in the free-to-download Odyssey app. You can watch the sports bar. Our video stream is up at the Fan Rochester on YouTube and Twitch. Don't forget to like and subscribe there. We're, we're helping uh, You're helping us grow our community there on uh, YouTube and Twitch, and we sound uh, great on your smart speaker as well when you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan. Here's what's on tap in the sports bar, and it's brought to you by our friends at Three Heads Brewing. On tap at Three Heads, cranberry grape sour ale, take mm. cranberries, uh, tart cranberries, uh, New York State grapes coming together to make a delicious treat. Get yours at Three Heads Brewing on Atlantic Avenue today. So the Bills made a signing today, and you forgot this guy was on the street, Limbaugh Joseph, defensive tackle. We'll talk about this uh, throughout the show and get the opinion of our guest in the 4 o'clock hour, Thad Brown from News 8, uh, who uh, certainly covers the Buffalo Bills on a weekly basis. We'll talk to Thad some Buffalo Bills football in the 4 o'clock hour. Coming up here shortly, Danger, we have Andy Barron's from Yahoo Fantasy. As This is an interesting week, right? It's the week of the, okay, who's playing quarterback and how does this impact my team? Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll go over all these situations, which ones where you think it's a bump up for your guys or which ones you want to avoid. This is a week where you got to figure out who are you playing. I think that, you know, there's certain weeks where, oh, I had this guy on the bench. I didn't see this coming. That's why you want to listen to Andy Barron's Yahoo Fantasy coming up. Uh, yeah, he'll join us here at 325, our usual fair coming up as well this afternoon. We've got a round of shots on the way after happy hour, 5 o'clock. Uh, we'll take your calls throughout the course of the afternoon of the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. That's 866-4FAN, 585-866-4326 if you want to pull up a stool and join us. We, we've, we've got a Sabres win to discuss. We've got an Emmerich's loss to discuss. We've got a World Series champion to discuss, Gino. We do. The, the Rangers get it done last night. The baseball season concludes with the Texas Rangers winning their first ever World Series. But let's start with the Buffalo Bills and their signing of a new defensive tackle in Linval Joseph. We also saw Rasul Douglas on the practice field for the first time today. Head coach Sean McDermott on the two new additions to his roster. Yeah, veteran experienced player that's, um, you know, from the reports we've gotten, a high character, leader. Um, you know, he's, he's played a lot of football and certainly a big man and, and, um, you know, the line of scrimmage is important. Is that, you know, is there a possibility that as you assess him, that he could even play uh, on Sunday and uh, ditto for, uh, Rasul? I mean, yeah. is it, is it a within the realm of possibility? It is. Uh, we have to see how it goes today. Take it, take it one day at a time and see where it goes. Yeah. All right. So Linval Joseph, 35 years old now. 
Uh, last saw him last season, starting eight games for the Eagles. He signed with the Eagles right around the same time that he signed with the Bills this year. Right last year, this time November last year, he was signing with the Eagles uh, and made uh, made was on the team on the field for thirty eight percent of the snaps in the games that he played. So uh, in eight games. Five sacks. Now, that Philadelphia defense was a monster last year, but he was also involved in one big play there in the NFC Championship game. Hassan Reddick uh, coming around, making the sack. Uh, that knocks Brock Purdy out of the game, but it's actually with the recovery is Linval Joseph. Linval Joseph is that big, wide body the Buffalo Bills were missing on this defense. And sure, you have Jordan Phillips, and yes, you have Tim Settle. They are not at the level of Daquan Jones. Now, Daquan Jones, you're holding out hope that maybe he can be back, sort of, but you can't really bank on it. But first things first, you still have half the season to play here. So this is using pretty much every dollar you have remaining against the salary cap to bring in a Linval Joseph at age 30. 35 danger. I think this is smart money here. Just the one year. It's not even one year. It's eight games, basically, you're you know, bringing them in for. Yeah, I really want to see if uh, Joseph can do what you haven't been able to see Settle or Phillips do at one tech uh, and, and see if he can anchor against some of these double teams in the run game. And if he can free up, you know, eat up some of those bodies, then, then I think that's money well spent and he's doing something that you don't currently have or that you haven't had since uh, Jones got injured in that uh, Jacksonville game. So that's that's the Joseph signing. I th- also think it's encouraging to hear that you could see Joseph, you could see Douglas as soon as this Sunday. I, I don't know that you'll see them a ton, but depending on how it goes for them here, the course of the rest of the week, maybe we do see them on the field a little bit here coming up on Sunday. Yeah, so Rasul Douglas peeked behind the curtain. Can I take a little sidebar? So um, each day we kind of keep notes. We have a shared program, Danger and I. And, you know, sometimes I don't get the commute. Danger and I are running like mile a minute, two different directions. Today is one of those days where I mock 10 head on fire. And I I, I realized that two seconds talking to him like, OK, I'm out of here. But <laughs> we we you just don't people think you just show up. and We're going to talk sports. No, we're writing. We're sharing notes and ideas. And we share this program. And sometimes I very rarely, but I just like to trip danger up and see if I can get him to be a Ron Burgundy and put something in the shared notes. So darn close in tomorrow's guest. I put it in there. You didn't bite. I wanted you to say bleep you, San Diego. I wanted you just to kind of read it. Um, tomorrow, uh, Bart Winkler will be joining us uh, in the 4 o'clock hour. He uh, certainly here on CBS Radio. Maybe you'll hear him tonight. He's got a Milwaukee background, so I think he's perfect to talk about Russell Douglas and certainly all these other stories around the NFL. Yeah, I love having Bart on with us, and uh, that'll be a great guest uh, tomorrow afternoon to, to get your uh, sports weekend started. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I glanced over, I'm like, yeah, okay. All right, Gino, that's not who's joining us tomorrow. You can get out of here with that. I mean, I might be distracted, but I'm not that distracted, pal. If you said that, I was going to reach over. That we have the delay. That's, that's the case of emergency button here. Uh, we should also mention Bills-related news here. That that with uh, the signing of Joseph, uh, the Bills did what we thought they would do yesterday, which is place cornerback Kyer Elam on IR. He'll miss at least the next four games. Uh, Sean McDermott on Kyer Elam. 
Well, I mean, it's, he's he's uh, he's got the ankle going on, and um, beyond that, there's nothing you can do, and uh, we'll assess it when, when his ankle's better and, and see where it takes us. Surgery any for that? Is that just kind of recovery? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the kind of the polish on that at this point, the latest information. When did he suffer that injury, the ankle? Man, I think... Uh, you know, going back, I think it happened um, several weeks ago. Um, and so um, it's just been kind of an ongoing thing here for, for several weeks. Yeah, it has oh, been an ongoing thing. I look. All right. So where was it on the injury Yeah, report? where was it there, Sean? That would be the follow-up question. How come we didn't know about this? If you say, oh, who cares? We live in a society where people bet money on these things. So you have to be transparent about everything. So if there's an injury or, or, hey, you know what? We could really use the roster spot. Your ankle hurts. It feels fine, coach. Your ankle hurts. Yeah. When did you suffer it? I don't really have the polish on that. That's a pretty good one. Well, I mean, it's, he's he's uh, he's got the ankle going on, and um, beyond that, there's nothing you can do. And uh, we'll assess it when when his ankle's better and, and better see where it now. takes us. Surgery any for that? Is just that just kind of recovery? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the kind of the polish on that at this point. The latest information. When did you suffer that injury? Yeah. And I think uh, you know, going back, I think it happened. Um, several weeks ago um, and so um, it's just been kind of an ongoing thing here for for several weeks you had a great one-liner yesterday on this like we we're discussing wait a second when could this have happened like was it the tampa bay game you're like yeah he yeah going down the stairs walking down yeah, the stairs yeah he slid down the tunnel and rolled his ankle <laughs> Walking, stepping into the locker room without a jersey on. I don't know what had happened, but yeah, there you go. Kyrie Elam. <laughs> there was some water on the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Kyrie Elam yeah. uh, missing at least the next four games. Okay. I, I, I'm fine with this also. Of course. We should all be fine because, well, Drake Kyrie for what? For a pick swap? What is that going to do? I'm going to continue to secretly believe that Kyrie Elam is a part of this team's plan Long term, that next year at this time, Kyrie Elam isn't going to be part of our conversation because he's just going to be doing his job playing corner, and and it's not going to he's not going to be an issue. I also think too that we just have to realize maybe he isn't the guy, and Brandon Bean, rather than cut him, what would that do? Or rather than pick swap seven for a six, what would that do? Nothing. Let Brandon Bean save some face. Let like maybe maybe give him another year here. Let Brandon Bean because it's embarrassing yeah. for a GM. They're managing. Yeah. They're managing through this Kyer Elam situation. Whatever it is, it might not even be his game. It just might be the player. It might be his attitude. It might be his thoughts on Buffalo. His feelings. Oh, by the way, Leonard Fournette with the harsh reality sending out a tweet earlier today. What what do you say? Buffalo is colder than yeah, I don't yeah, know if that yeah. I can repeat what he said. Yeah, but. he said Buffalo colder than a penguin's ass. That, that's what it I'm was. Like, okay, that's graphic. Yeah, <laughs> accurate, accurate, fully accurate. Welcome to Western New York, Leonard Fournette. <laughs> oh, by the way, <laughs> it's going to get much much uh, worse. Yeah. Uh, I got, yeah, I got heat from somebody as I was uh, leaving the West Side uh, Country Club today because uh, I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt on my way out the, the club. He's like, I was going to give you a hard time, but it's not that bad out here. I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad out here when you consider it's November 2nd and we all know what's coming. This is fine. I'll deal with what we have today. The sun might peak out every now and then and the temperature isn't, it's cold, but it's not that cold yet. Ah, uh, tomorrow I got to go with a jacket. 
eight-man football championship tomorrow hey. night. So I got to go with the jacket. You know, we're going to do that game tomorrow Very night. Very good. Yeah, I mean, are you one, you're one that always likes to hold out as long as possible. It used to be, you know, shorts until it snows, guy. Well, sorry. It that, that's over. It's it over, yeah. yeah. I still wear shorts on the dad run, though. I don't care if it's snowing or not. I'm wearing shorts on the dad run. I did that yesterday. That felt like uh, a thousand little needles mm. hitting you in the face when it was sleeting. Oh. Now, that wasn't really sleet. It wasn't really snow. It was more of that sneet. Ugh. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That snow sleet combination. Um, anyways, yes, Leonard Fournette learning quickly what we all know, like winter in Western New York. Uh, it's not for everybody. Um, so there, there's the latest from the Buffalo Bills, and you mentioned it. Thad Brown from News 8 Sports will be joining us next hour, and we'll get his thoughts on the Buffalo Bills trade deadline moves here as they prepare for a Week 9 matchup on Sunday night against the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, the Bills, a uh, little breaking news here, Dan. Ow! 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Not that you had to worry about uh, Josh Allen. He was a full participant today with a shoulder. Uh, DeMar Hamlin was back at practice. He missed yesterday because of an illness. Quint Morris listed as full, not practicing today. Uh, Balen Spector and uh, <gasps> A.J. Klein. A.J. Klein practiced? No, did not Did practice. not practice. No. Okay. Uh, there's your Buffalo Bills injury report. Love that. Uh, week 9 gets underway tonight with the the Steelers hosting the Titans. And this will be the first primetime start for Tennessee uh, rookie quarterback, Will Levis. Um, Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett will be on the field as well. He's dealing with a rib injury. He's just gotten the crap beat out of the season. The guy has just been abused in that Steelers backfield yet. He's out there starting tonight. So let's let's talk about week nine. Let's talk some fantasy football. Let's set your lineups. Andy Barron's here to help you uh, from Yahoo Fantasy Sports. He is our guest next in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia, glad you're with us on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Buffalo Bills making a signing today, adding depth to the defensive line. Linval Joseph coming to Buffalo, 35 years old. He was last with Philadelphia. The deal pretty much takes up the rest of the cap space. The Bills may have had one year, $3.7 million. Sean McDermott on the new signing. Veteran experienced player that's, um, you know, from the reports we've gotten, uh, high character, leader. Um, you know, he's, he's played a lot of football and certainly a big man. And, and um, you know, the line of scrimmage is important. Josh Allen was a full participant today. We'll talk Bills football next hour. Thad Brown will be joining us. Week 9 begins tonight. It's the Titans and Steelers. Andy Barron's from Yahoo Fantasy joining us next. Amherst next in action tomorrow night at home against Utica. Gene Bataglin, the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. Straight up with no chaser. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Week 9 in the NFL starts tonight in Pittsburgh. The Steelers hosting the Tennessee Titans. We bring in Yahoo Fantasy Sports' Andy Barons to help set your Week 9 lineups and, and navigate through some of these issues. We've got some bye weeks. We've got some new quarterbacks starting in new places. Andy, a lot to unpack, a lot to uncover as we're now beyond the halfway point of the fantasy football regular season. How are you and how are your teams holding up, Andy? Oh, I'm good. It's uh, this is trading season, right? Like once the buys kick in, once once we start getting these, you know, fourteen, six teams on buy, it's it's trading season. So I've been trying to land the plane on a on a couple of trades all day. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think I think it's agreed to, and then and then it's not, and then it's pulled again. So we're 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 trying out here. I'm working real hard. Ooh, okay. Do you mind sharing with our audience? I would imagine the person you're trading with is not living in Rochester, so. Question: I uh, they they have uh, far-reaching tentacles, so who knows what they will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get great players. This is, this is like a 16-team, you know, um, keeper league. Uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to acquire Tyree Kill uh, for the stretch run. I'm trying to acquire. I actually think Tony Pollard is a really nice buy low, Ooh. and I'm trying to acquire Tony Pollard somewhere else. Um, but this is you know the broader point here is that like you know we got buys to cover, and this is like if you're a you're a three and five team, you're a two and six team, and you're in any kind of keeper or dynasty league, you got to start making decisions and you got to, you know, like it's, it's, this is like a win-win situation is what I'm trying to offer. But I'm also trying to convince someone that they should probably give up on this year. And that is a very gentle conversation. To yes. Have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, Andy, let's start with tonight. We got the Steelers. We got the Titans. Uh, I mean, there, there's some fantasy relevance here and I think Will Levis makes it so because of what we saw him do last week in his debut. But poor Kenny Pickett is, you know, being held together with duct tape and bubble gum at this point in that uh-huh. backfield. What, what's your take on tonight's game between the Steelers and Titans? Well, it's going to be really interesting to see Levis because, you know, there's, uh, there's obviously a lot of excitement in, in fantasy circles, certain fantasy circles around him. I was not big on Levis coming out of, coming out of college. He's got a, got a huge arm. Uh, he's, he's pretty athletic, but it was, I don't think, gosh, now I feel, as I say this to you guys, I feel like I'm describing young Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> he's not that. He doesn't have like that sort of rushing ability, but 
big arm, but really scattershot in college, right? Like, and you, you look at the raw numbers and the, the you know, TD totals relative to interceptions. It wasn't always great. It wasn't always a clinic with Levis. It's a weird game for him in some respects because everything was either like at the line of scrimmage or was 40 yards downfield. Um, but it was good to see somebody in Tennessee stretch the field. It was obviously good to see DeAndre Hopkins get going. So I don't know why they wouldn't go to this permanently. I don't know why we're not just going to say that Will Levis is our rest of season quarterback and we'll, we'll figure it out and he's eventually going to take his lumps and we'll see what that looks like. This is a, this is a much greater challenge, obviously, going up against um, TJ Watt and friends, right? Like this is, this is different. You're not going to have the same, you're not going to have the same time to throw. Um, and it, it might not be quite as clean as it was last week, but um, a, a really important stage for Levis and, and a chance to really consolidate power if he has a decent day. Andy, I think uh, the majority of our questions are going to be, hey, this team has a new quarterback. How does it impact everybody mm-hmm. else? Um, well, the team I'm going to ask you about not only has a new quarterback this week, they have a new head coach, they have a new GM, uh, the Raiders here. And, and Andy, sometimes when you make a change like this and you know that'll wake everybody up and you could get a, like a short-term sugar high here maybe for the Raiders, <laughs> or are, are you just not putting any faith into Aiden O'Connell? And maybe a sidebar to this question, too, I find it hilarious that the Raiders on trade deadline day fire the GM like I love this report that oh that's why the Raiders kind of ghosted us on our uh, you know our trade offer there for Devontae Adams yeah I actually think that is probably the the critical point here like you had to get through the trade deadline with your freaking GM right because you know, Jacobs was a trade chip and I'm, I'm sure multiple teams were interested in Josh Jacobs he's a great player Devontae Adams does not fit the timeline of what the Raiders should intend to do, right? Like, I get a great player, Hall of Famer, inner circle Hall of Famer. Um, Devontae Adams needs to go to a team that can win right now this year. He's not, like, he's not part of your three-year program or whatever this is going to be in Vegas. So really terrible timeline on the departure of the GM. You either had to do this a month ago or you had to do it a week from now. But it's unbelievable that they did it this week. Anyway, that aside... O'Connell is, um, he wasn't great earlier this year, right? Like we have one start for Aiden O'Connell. He fumbled three times. He threw a pick. He threw, I think he targeted Josh Jacobs 11 times. Like he really peppered the running back with targets. So this is probably good for Jacobs. I don't know what it means for the outside receivers. O'Connell isn't, he's a rookie, but he's not a typical rookie because he's like 25. He's he's like 20 days younger than Jalen Hurts or something like that. He's old. Um, he, you know, he was at Purdue forever. Um, so this isn't like, he's not super raw and inexperienced. He was a preseason hero. We'll see. Nothing, nothing could look worse than what we got from Jimmy Garoppolo last week. You know, that was just a disaster game. And I don't, I don't think anybody can reasonably argue that he deserved to, to keep, to maintain, you know, the controls of the Raiders offense. He, he missed Devante on a couple of long touchdowns. Like it was just a brutal game. Also, I like I heard the introductory press conference from Antonio Pierce, and like I wanted to run through a wall. Like, I think he's kind of I don't know if it'll be good. Or I don't I don't know if they'll win any games, right? But like I don't know. That's the energy that you need to bring to this. That's the you know old school Raiders swagger that we that we want to have around this franchise. So. I'm somewhat optimistic for him. I'm not super optimistic for O'Connell, but but we'll see. I think I think Jacobs is the is the one player here who can make out okay. 
Andy, uh, what I love about our schedule on Sunday is we've got great games in every window, starting in the mm-hmm. morning with the Germany game and the Chiefs. Do we see a bounce back here from Andy Reid? And with the Dolphins, do we consider that really, you know, when they, they beat up on bad teams, but when they've been faced uh, against good teams and their two losses, you know, whether you're talking the Eagles or the Bills, they got beaten, they got beat bad. Will that be the thing that, that you see in Germany against the Chiefs as they bounce back from that uh, Denver loss? Yeah, super interesting game. Uh, in you're so right. We have we have absolutely great games in every window. Um, we, this is Miami is the the leading scoring team this year, right? They're they're scoring about 35 a game. They're facing the team that led the NFL in scoring last year. Um, obviously, a, a couple of teams that should be powerhouses. I actually think that I think the really interesting thing here is um, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs passing game because they're they're kind of quietly averaging like almost a touchdown less per game this year. Um, they are not scoring like they did last year. They've, they've only got, they've only, I think two games this season in which they've hit last year's scoring average. Um, they don't have a top 40 fantasy receiver on the team, which is wild because Mahomes is still like the QB three on the season. Um, it's just a, it's just a clunky offense that, you know, they're going to struggle to get to 30. And it's been a while since we've said that about a Patrick Mahomes led team. Um, and I, I feel like Miami can put 30 on anybody at any time, even in a loss. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel like there's a narrative around Miami that is just a little bit disrespectful to Philadelphia and Buffalo. Like Those are, those are great teams and it's okay to lose to those teams. Um, Miami is still the club to put 70 points on someone this year. Um, they're really dangerous. Tyreek is healthy. Waddle is healthier than he's been all season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Miami might win this one. Uh, Vikings and Falcons at one o'clock. Uh, two teams that are going to have new quarterbacks. The Vikings are going to trot out Jaron Hall for at least one week. So part one of the question here, uh, are we avoiding the Vikings or are you looking at maybe like a Cam Akers is like a sneaky play there? And then the Falcons, Andy, I always liked, you know, Taylor Heineke in certain spots when he was in Washington. And I'm actually kind of excited here to see, uh, can he, you know, he came in relief last week, did okay. I'm actually excited to see, um, you know, the Falcon offense and how this is going to look this week. Yeah, obviously the, the issue with Ritter is he was a, he was just a turnover machine. Um, he was, he was actually relatively productive in fantasy. Um, so like, especially given expectations, he was running a little bit. But we know we can get that from Heineke as well. So I don't, I don't, I certainly don't think there's any major disruption to Atlanta's offense. And it's not like you were relying on Ritter and fantasy outside of the deepest super flex league. So I feel like everything's fine there. I do not feel like everything's fine in Minnesota, at least for a week. Um, now, you probably don't have the luxury to sit someone like Jordan Addison um, with Jaron Hall, a quarterback. I mean, we're talking about a fifth round rookie quarterback here. And it didn't, it didn't look great last week. I don't, you know, I don't think the upside for that offense with him at QB is, is particularly great. I do think they made a nice move for Josh Dobbs. And I don't, I don't mean to say that I think that Josh Dobbs himself is going to be some sort of startable fantasy commodity over the balance of the season. But he did turn Hollywood Brown into a wide receiver too this year. Like Hollywood right now is like the wide receiver 20, wide receiver 21, depending on your scoring format. Um, he was, he was getting big weeks out of Trey McBride and or Zach Ertz. Like that offense has, has worked just fine for fantasy purposes, certainly better than we thought it would. 
Um, so I think when they get Justin Jefferson back, like Jefferson probably isn't the overall wide receiver one anymore, but I do think he's still, you know, I think Dobbs is good enough to make Jefferson a top eight fantasy receiver to make Addison a top 20, top 25 fantasy receiver. So I feel like we kind of got, he's clearly not going to be as good as Kirk Cousins because Cousins was just absolutely humming. He was, he'd been great. Bunch of 350 yard games. But I do feel like we got a little bit of a bailout in, in Josh Dobbs. Like, this is probably the best case scenario fantasy wise. Andy, uh, let me see if I can stump my uh, co host over here. I'm sure you know the answer. Do you know who tight end two in fantasy football has been since, well, I want to say, week five or week six? Andy, help me out if you know the, the exact time frame I'm talking about here. Any no, idea? It's not um, Sam Laporta. Is Sam Laporta number yeah, one? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it's Taysom Hill. It is Taysom Hill. Taysom uh-huh. Hill is tight end two behind Travis Kelsey since Andy. Is it week five or week six that I saw the stat? He, I, in, I know that in each of the last six, uh, three weeks, he's actually been a top six fantasy tight end. So I'm not. I feel like it probably goes back three weeks. This is probably since week six, but he's been, and he's obviously he's not a traditional tight end. But the the secret there is that most of the tight ends that we start in fantasy are not traditional tight ends. Right. They're basically wide receivers. So I don't get. I'm not going to get hung up on position eligibility with Taysom Hill. He filled the box score last week. It was really fun, right? Like 60-plus rushing yards, a couple touchdowns. He caught a pass for 14 yards. He threw two passes, one of which was completed for 44 yards. Like that, I don't know. That was, that was really fun. And the, the thing about Taysom Hill is he's, we know that the quiet weeks are going to be super quiet. But that's just how the tight end position is, too. Like when, when Taysom Hill has a big week, you probably win your matchup because it looks like last week when he scores a couple of touchdowns, right? He gets the inside the five carries and he, uh, you know, so I don't know what else you could hope for at tight end. Like in my, in my opinion, if you don't have Andrews, Laporta, Kelsey, Kittle, Hawkinson, um, you should have gone out and gotten Taysom Hill this week because I can easily see him outscoring everybody else at the position over the balance of the season. Anybody that owns Darren Waller, if you're scrambling, there's your answer. If he's oh, yeah. And he's available out there too, right? I mean, like when I look at his projected points on a week-by-week basis, it's low. I mean, he's down there. But if you if he's out there and he's available, that's somebody you scoop up. Yeah, he entered the week available in over 60% of Yahoo leagues. I'm not sure where it is right now, but he was definitely a recommended ad and had been a recommended ad the prior week too. Um, again, just because the spike weeks are so good. Yeah, Andy Barron's Yahoo Fantasy setting you up here for the week. It's funny, Andy. This feels like way long ago. It was only one week ago right now, or we were kind of in the uh, extended pregame show for the Buffalo Bills getting ready for that game against the Buccaneers. And Well, the Bills' offense looked a little better that night, but the thing that was noticeable, Andy, was it wasn't just Allen the Diggs. You had Gabe Davis involved. You also had Khalil Shakir getting some targets. You also had, yay, you had the new tight end, Dalton Kincaid, getting involved. So my question is, now that you're going to Cincinnati, are we confident enough beyond Diggs here from a fantasy standpoint that this is going to continue, that Josh Allen's going to distribute the ball and make it worth our while? I, I tell you, the thing that interests me most is whether we get a consol- like we already, you know, Kincaid had been good a couple weeks ago, and it was nice to see him have a consolidation game sort of last week, right, where he's still super involved. I, I'm anxious to see if we get that from Shakir, because Shakir is coming off, you know, his most involved and probably his best day as a pro, I would say. Um, and a lot of it, I, I think, has to do with the fact that all of a sudden we're back in, you know, we're back in 11 personnel all the time. And there was a path to him getting on the field and a bunch of targets and he caught them all. Like, 
I'm, I'm very interested there because it would be great to see like, you know, with all due respect to Gabe Davis, it would be great to see another receiver emerge in this offense. Cause I think we kind of know what Gabe Davis is and he's either, you know, it's either a big week and he finds the end zone or it's a relatively quiet week. It would be great to get somebody in that offense who is just a bankable five, six catches of like, I don't know, not exactly Cole Beasley, but kind of the Cole Beasley numbers, right? Uh, a, a real chain mover. So that is very interesting to me. And then, of course, whatever we see from the from the ground game is always interesting because man, am I man, am I fielding a lot of complaints about James Cook, who is who's actually been a pretty good player, but you know he's not getting the money touches, and that is a problem. Andy, uh, the late afternoon window is highlighted by the Eagles hosting the Cowboys, and we saw the Cowboys' offense turn it up against the Rams. You mentioned earlier that you think Tony Pollard is a nice buy-low candidate here rest of season. Do the Cowboys' offense keep it rolling against the defending NFC champs? And what do you make of the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, and the knee injuries? It's certain that you know almost every NFL player isn't playing at 100% at this point of the season, but how might it affect Hurts and his ability to distribute? Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the bigger issue there is just the quality of, of uh, Dallas's defense overall, the front, the corners. They've just played really well. It'll be interesting to see if A.J. Brown can keep it going. It'll be interesting to see if Fonte Smith can, like, give a second consecutive good week, right? Like, he's, those have been few and far between this season. Um, two, two defenses that should be pretty good. Philadelphia has had its weak moments, right? Like, seeing them kind of get lit up by Washington um, was a little bit eye-opening. So you can, you can certainly imagine them losing to Dallas, um, but Dallas is also really schizophrenic and you never know which version of that team is going to show up. Like they probably should just look at last week and say, okay, we're going to build the whole thing around CD lamb. He's great. He's one of the 10 best receivers, six best receivers in the NFL right now. Let's, let's feed that man, but they don't always do it. Um, so that's a, that's one concern that I have. I, I trust Dallas's defense a little bit more than I trust Philadelphia's defense, which again has been, has been up and down, has been, has really given up some numbers to some teams that I did not expect to produce them. Andy, last one for me, and uh, this is not one of the matchups I have circled for Sunday, but for fantasy purposes, maybe. Um, are we trusting Sam Howell in the commander's offense after they didn't win <laughs> against Philadelphia, but man, that was entertaining and uh, some points there that we all left on our bench. So are we putting commanders in our lineup here against the Patriots? Yeah, like uh, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily recommend like if you're a young quarterback, don't watch Sam Howell. Um, I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily like teaching tape, right? Hold the ball forever. He's still on pace for almost 90 sacks on the season. But at the end of the day, the numbers are often there. And he's, got, he's coming off a great week, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, um, through one ball that was picked and at least one other that should have been picked. Um, so, again, it's not always, it's not always a clinic, um, but he can run a little bit. He's got great receivers. I, uh, you know, it's, it's also really hard to say in a, in a week where, like, five quarterbacks went down to injury. I can't tell you not to start Sam Howell. Sam Howell, to me, is a great option. Like Derek Carr is a great option this week. Gardner Minshew is a great option this week. Some, some really sketchy names are all of a sudden great options because we have a bunch of good quarterbacks who are out of the mix. And then you have quarterbacks that I think you had higher expectations for underachieving. And, and you heard from the Packers front office today, less than a vote of confidence, actually yesterday, yeah. less than a vote of confidence on Jordan Love. Is that the motivating factor that maybe gets Love in this Packers offense moving here against the Rams on Sunday? 
I, I think the thing that would really get this Packers offense moving would be a healthy Aaron Jones. Um, and we, we just haven't seen it all year, except for opening week when he scored a couple touchdowns and was clearly the most dynamic player on the field, is probably the most refined and best receiver on that team. Um, limited in his first practice this week, it would just be really nice to get a, a week of full practices from Aaron Jones and hear that he's cleared this hamstring thing and hear that, you know, he's going to get back to being better than 50% of the backfield touches. Um, Cause I don't, I don't think anything looks a whole lot better until he is again, sort of the, the, you know, the hinge point of that offense. Fantasy football live tonight, Andy. It's a great way to kind of set everybody up here as we get ready for week nine. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, uh, well, you, you, if you didn't watch it last week, you missed a heck of a Halloween episode. Arthur uh, Arthur that. Smith. Arthur like Smith I, is in the house. I feel like I've been in costume now for the last week. I feel like you've got like a different one every day. Um, that was really fun. But we're going to go all over all the all the most important stories. We're going to preview the Thursday night game. We're going to field a thousand different sit-start questions. So pretty informative, pretty fun. I hope you check it out. It's at 7 p.m. Eastern. You're the absolute best, Danny. Good luck this weekend, and thanks for your time, as always. Talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Good luck, everyone. There's thanks, Andy, Andy Barron's Yahoo Fantasy Sports joining us every Thursday to talk some fantasy football here in the Sports Bar with Danger and Patek. Yeah, it is one of those weeks that you just look at these games. I'm like, oh, this is great that the Bills are playing at night. The fact that you get Dolphins Chiefs in the morning. Got a great the, window yeah. the, the middle of the day. You get Seahawks-Ravens. Great game there. Looking forward to that. Cowboys-Eagles in the late afternoon window. I mean, come on. This is, uh, even with all the teams on by, even with uh, the, the mess of quarterback situations that we're dealing with in fantasy football and throughout the, uh, around the NFL, uh, this is going to be a good Sunday of football. Yep, and then we'll have to pay the price. Do you know what game we get one week from today? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And <laughs> you, you, can you apologize for everybody? Well, I'm, I'm tired of apologizing on behalf of the Bears. I, they they well, don't belong in prime time. They shouldn't be in prime time. And you as a football fan, you shouldn't have to sit through it. We get the Bears hosting Carolina yes. Thursday. Yes. The toilet bowl. Oh. Battle for the first overall pick. <laughs> Who wants it less? Uh, oh, wait. No, actually, the Bears get both of those. Picks. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, we'll we'll pay our tax uh, a week from tonight with that stinker. But for now, yeah, we've got some pretty good matchups, and it starts tonight with Prime and uh, the Steelers hosting the Tennessee Titans. Our first real glimpse on a national stage for Will Levis. Uh, he of the uh, I eat my bananas with the peels on them uh, at quarterback for the Titans. Yeah, we got. Uh, I'll drink to that coming up. Do we have some baseball takes? I think we have some baseball takes here. Dan. Do have some baseball takes? I mean, there's I, I, first of all, there's something to be said for a manager who does what Bruce Boshi has done, and I'm curious where does he rate on the list of all time greatest managers? Because the resume mm, is pretty strong. Yeah, it's a strong resume, yeah. and it's very quietly one of the strongest resumes I think going. And we mentioned Bart Winkler, who will be joining us tomorrow afternoon at 425. I want to share a take that he put out there because I think it's a great take. And I'm 100% on board with what he's saying. I didn't know in this day and age where teams are just raking in cash, you could have such mismanagement that there's a team out there that had to take out a $50 million loan to make. We we had this story come across in the 5 o'clock hour yesterday. I think it's worth diving into because it's going to have ramifications here coming up this offseason. And 
The Michigan cheating scandal. I got a take on this here too, Danger. Uh, the idea that these other coaches in the Big Ten are trying to lobby for punishment now. What? Well, it's... Yeah, well, we'll see where this goes. 8664FAN if you want to pull up a stool and join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line 8664326. I'll drink to that is next in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A U D A C Y. Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Bone-crunching hits, backboard-shattering dunks, bat flips and hat tricks, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. 63 years is a long time to wait, but the Texas Rangers are World Series champions. It's my distinct pleasure to present the Commissioner's Trophy to Ray Davis, Neil Liebman, and Chris Young. I'd like to congratulate Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred on reaching puberty. <laughs> That's right. Post game. Oh, uh, th- 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 this is official, right? As we're heading to cold and flu season, get back to work. There's your baseball commissioner under the weather. Yeah, no more staying home. No, get out there. I don't know work. that he's under the weather. I just think he was again being rained upon a a, a, a a shower of booze being rained upon the commissioner, and his voice starts to crack almost as if to, what is wrong with me? What what do you mean? What why are you all booing me? Now, there is a theory going around that the in-stadium PA cut out when they said ladies and gentlemen rob manford like but but still people, so people got in it, yeah. the stadium didn't know that they were that rob manford was they were trying to make it so that people in the stadium wouldn't know that it was rob manford handing out the commissioner's trophy it's the commissioner's trophy. trophy of course it's the commissioner and of course they're going to boo him good job by the, the remaining rangers fans that were in attendance and and diamond back fan, diamondback fans that, that stuck around as well Thank you for fulfilling the prophecy as laid down here in the sports bar. You boo that man and you boo him uh, without prejudice. That was fantastic. And, and his, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, he really, it's a Peter Brady impersonation here. 63 years is a long time to wait, but the Texas Rangers are World Series champions. <laughs> it's my distinct pleasure to present the Commissioner's Trophy to Ray Davis, Neil Liebman, and Chris Young. Yikes. And then baseball fans will never forgive Rob Manford just calling it a piece of metal. <laughs> the Commissioner's Trophy. Yeah. Yep, that's what it is. Yep. So, some baseball takes. Baseball. Um, Deidre, I want to go back to the story we had in shots yesterday. How does any team in professional sports get so far in over their head that, oops, we need to take out a $50 million loan just to cover payroll? Ladies and gentlemen, you're San Diego Padres. No, it don't make sense. Oh, you want our manager that makes $4 million a year? Here you go. Um, this is only the beginning, obviously. Blake Snell, free agent. Goodbye. Juan Soto, he can be yours for a low, low price. Be your, yeah, I'm Johnny Boxspring of baseball, but that would be rude to Johnny Boxspring. Look, how do we not know about any of this? How do we not? Well, it's San Diego, I guess. Not exactly hard-hitting media out there asking questions. I just think of all the other small market owners, Danger, that must be laughing their ass off here. All these years, they had to answer questions about the Padres spending money, the Padres spending money. No, they're the guy that was a try to impress the girl going way over their credit limit. I think of that guy from the Reds. He must be hysterically laughing. Right Champagne now. taste, hot dog wallets. You don't have the money to afford that payroll. You're taking out a $50 million loan in a small market. And the other small market teams that are actually winning by... I don't know, developing their young players and, you oh, know, like Arizona, like that was pretty impressive what they did on their payroll. Now we should say, well, I'm sure they didn't forecast that their whole TV partnership would blow up and there goes a revenue stream. Right. But, but you mentioned the Reds. The Reds were exciting this year. They've got young talent that the fans can get excited about and the fans will come out and see at the ballpark. The Orioles are certainly a great story. Like, there's plenty of situations where you don't have teams going out there and spending the way the Padres are spending to the point where they have to take out a loan just to cover player salaries. My goodness. The Players Association must hate that, right? That you had a team mismatch because now every other team is going to be like, well, you know, and they just kind of back off a little. Uh, this was a take that was shared. Last night by our CBS Sports Radio pal, Bart Winkler, who will be uh, joining us, by the way, tomorrow afternoon at 425. His take, baseball, and I agree with this, baseball needs to shorten its season. The playoff needs to happen in August. The World Series should end around Labor Day weekend. The sport does its best when it's the only game in town all summer. No one cares about the World Series because football consumes us. Now, just hear me out. I know this will never happen because it means less revenue overall for the sport. And if you follow the money, of course, but just the theory alone, the take is spot on. And I agree with it 100%. If baseball really wanted to be as impactful as it once was, you need to stop trying to compete with the start of hockey, the start of basketball, and of course, football in both college and the pros in full swing by the time you're getting to your marquee event in the beginning of November and late October. Well, we've seen another sport through this golf. Like golf realized, hey, it's August and people are already into the NFL. Move the PGA Championship, much to our detriment here in Rochester, because we love to have another one in the weather much better in August than in May. But I digress. I don't want to stop just there. I think the NBA would be wise, Danger, to do the same thing. Like the WNBA, 
has that summer window, but really, shouldn't it be the NBA? Like, shouldn't the NBA start maybe around February and then wrap up August? Like, take that piece of the pie, the baseball has well you know people aren't inside television numbers are down are they really are they really i i i think avoiding football is a good strategy but for baseball traditionalists like myself and baseball writer the sanctity of 162 games no this is this is part of americana danger it's in our blood you need to they don't call it the summer classic it's the fall classic. yeah and i gotta tell you um, it, it always stings. Like last night, I'm watching the game and it's over, and you realize, oh, baseball season's over, because you know what's next. Now it's stop. Now it's now it's. I'm going to be your coach here. <laughs> mentally tough. Mentally tough. Oh, I'm totally got- mentally tough, but you can't change the fact that closes the door on one season and opens the door to the next. Halloween kind of does it from a, a holiday standpoint on the calendar, but from a sports standpoint on the sports calendar, it's baseball ending that signifies all right well it's winter it's to me there's two sports once college basketball starts okay there and then you know once it's wrapping up that's the end and baseball's back that's right that's back um we look back to known cheaters in baseball like barry bonds roger clemens and you look at their numbers danger and you realize okay that's when bonds started to use okay he was just doing 40 home runs up to 73. Um, same thing with Clemens. Clemens was washing out in Boston, goes to Toronto, meets Jose Canseco, and all of a sudden, voila. It's only in hindsight where you get it. And I think now, if you look at Michigan football, wait a second. They lost five games. They were lost four. The pandemic year, they were two games below 500. They could never beat Ohio State. And the coach was had one foot up. Oh, but look at us now. We're a national playoff team. Are you really? Are you really? Like Penn State, it's on you, Penn State. Let's assume Michigan can no longer cheat and single in all these plays. Penn State, you should win this game in two weeks. Well, they've probably been monitoring Penn State through the beginning of this season at least, right? Uh, okay, then change your signals. You have enough time to do that. Okay, with Penn State, I think anybody that, that follows Penn State, they're just like tired of James Franklin's bit, right? Like the the idea that, hey, we're proud of our team for playing tough and, and hanging with Ohio State. It's like, no, 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 no. You've been there 10 years. That's not good enough anymore. If you want your program and everybody expects Penn State to be an elite program, every Penn State fan I know expects that program to be elite. The expectations through are, are probably unrealistic, but they want to be what Ohio State and what Michigan are, and they can't live up to it. Beat a team like Michigan, and then then we'll talk. Well, and and that would do everybody. Uh, that would do the committee. That would would it be better for college football if Michigan got in and you had this whole story, but the story kind of brings attention to it, albeit negative attention, or would it be better? If Penn State won and then Ohio State put the finishing touch and then enjoy yourself there in the New Year's Day Bowl in Tampa, whatever it is. You know what I love, and and this is a real subtle thing that I pick up on. But as you start to see this story pop up in your feed, the Michigan story pop up in your feed, notice the imagery that is used around the program, the logo, and Coach Harbaugh. Watch how it goes dark, like how they'll always find like the image of Harbaugh looking angry or, you know, poorly lit or, you know, just darker, more menacing kind of evil tone to the images used around the coach. 
and the brand. And, and it, let me know if I'm onto something because I've noticed it in the last couple of weeks that when whenever there's an image associated okay. with the story, it you know it's it's uh, and I think it's probably by design. Like it's a dark story. It's a story about a, a program that is cheating. So they're using this imagery to kind of further that that imagery of you know a guy who is evil a guy who is a a villain a guy who cheats okay so i just did the google search and sports illustrated there's harbaugh you know gritting his teeth looking up in the sky kind of angry yeah kind of angry youtube video where harbaugh is yelling yeah 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 there 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 is something to that all right i'm not crazy then because I, 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 okay, awful announcing, a reputable site. Like he's yelling on the sideline, an official going crazy. Yes. Yes. You're not, you could use it's any, not him. Yeah. It, it, you can use any image you want of Jim Harbaugh or the University of Michigan, but you're going to choose the image of him looking more menacing, more evil, more like a villain, <laughs> which, you know, I, I, I just pick up on, on that. And, and that's, I don't think that that's anything that's new. I feel like that's fairly common. A lot of politicians will do that too. <laughs> and keep showing the coach there, the other guy there. Oh, the, the side yeah, yeah. The, the guy that was yeah, the, stealing the, the stealing yeah. sign. cheater. Um, all right, so listen. After last night, the the, the uh, <laughs> I almost said the Giants, Bruce Bochy's Texas Rangers. Where where does Bruce Bochy sit now on the list of best managers of all time? Because now with that win last night, this is fourth World Series, and, and he had three with the Giants. This is first with the Rangers. What he did this postseason, 11-0 and on the road. I mean, that's a Mark Gino that is going to be tough to beat. I don't know that we'll ever see that again. And speaking of tough to beat, Boshi's managed teams have now won 15 of 16 playoff series that he's managed. Whose resume He's on par with this. I'm genuinely curious if we're watching the greatest manager of all time and we don't even realize it. That's a great take. Um, and he also had a World Series with the Padres. They were outmanned against the Yankees, but that's how he got his feet wet. And <laughs> another Padres story there. You let him go. Uh, you can bring up names like Sparky Anderson, but that was a different era pre-free agency. Now we're kind of going way, way back. Some would say Tony LaRusso. Sure. Okay, he's in the he won with Oakland and he won with St. Louis. So anybody that wins with two different franchises, I think, is on the list. But as you mentioned, this is now four. Three with the Giants, one with the Rangers. You could say this one was the most impressive. Is it either feast or famine with him? Because when I see that they're in the postseason, when his teams are in the postseason, they rarely lose a series. He's won fifteen of sixteen series in the postseason. Is it just a matter of getting to the postseason? If he can make it to the postseason, he's a lock? I just don't know how much longer he's going to be with us. I'm looking at him like him walking out to the mound yeah. and everything. It's like, okay, is he even going to come back next year? I yeah. don't even know. Well, it's an unbelievable career, and he he knows something that we don't know because he's able to get those guys playing at a, a different level. He did it in San Francisco, and he certainly did it this year with the Rangers. That offense was tough to beat. And, man, last night, as you're watching that game, all I could think to myself is Uvalde is getting beaten up and the Diamondbacks are not capitalizing. They're they're stranding runners yeah. left and right. I think they had 11 stranded for the game. And Uvalde is battling through the first five innings of that game. And when the score was still 0-0, I'm like, 
the Rangers are going to pop. They're going to ha- they're going to pop it, the- for the stupidest of reasons. So I watched the Saber game last night, and then I flipped over. I'm like, oh, no hitter, okay. And then Seager comes up. I mean, it's like literally off the end of the bat, little roller, and then. You know, yeah, right after that, you get the first run. Yeah. Uh, well, big congratulations to Bruce Bochy. And I, I'm genuinely curious where he sits uh, in on the R- Mount Rushmore of greatest <laughs> managers in Major League Baseball history. Because I, I find what he has done to be wildly impressive as a uh, as a manager yeah, in the bigs. Peter putting it on the pole. Joe Torre. No Yankee fans would say that, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I, he's a, good, a great man. Of course, like, of course. But, I, I know I'm saying Bochi. I'm not saying Bochi is better than anybody. I'm just saying where where does he come down, and who is the great? Like, do we ever have the conversation of the greatest of all time? We we have the the debate yeah. in the NFL. Everybody wants to believe that it's Bill Belichick. I think baseball managers have been replaced by the computer for the most part. Yankee fans would agree. Like the last few years, oh, what does the computer say? Oh, I'll put it in. Bochi is not that way. I think you have to manage personalities and feel and everything else. I yeah. think if you have a nice balance of the two. Thad Brown, News 8 Sports, going to join us here in about 15, 20 minutes. And we'll talk more about the Buffalo Bills here. We'll get you updated on today's moves. They did add uh, a defensive tackle today in Linval Joseph, Rasul Douglas, uh, in his introductory press conference, his first time in the Bills practice uh, field uh, this afternoon as well. We'll get to all of that and more. Thad Brown in just a few. You can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line, 866-4FAN, 866-4326. It's the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.